Hello, you guys. It's me, Abigail. And Elena, and you're listening to another episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. Today, we are continuing our token discussion with a new perspective and a new guest, Mr. Kyle Dupree. was so good he has so many amazing stories to tell and we really get into the nitty-gritty today don't you think totally and it was also really enjoyable just because we weren't just talking about theater obviously that's the topic of most of our podcasts because that's what this is a theater-based podcast but we also just talk about like growing up and being human and I find that to be the most refreshing conversations out of the ones that we're having right now it's just talking about being human you know yeah i agree oh well well dear dear listeners please enjoy and um we'll catch you on the flip side we'll we'll see you when you're done with the interview have a good time Today, we are continuing our discussion of tokenism, this time with Mr. Kyle Dupree. Hello. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Thank you. As well as I can be. All right. Yeah. Times times are times are what they are, but we're all making it through. Times are timing. Oh, yes. Right. Times. The clock, the wall, the, the arms keep moving, and that's really uh, all we can do about it. Am I right? I agree. I agree. Why don't you tell the people uh, a little bit about yourself, just in case they need to give us the cliff notes. Okay. Like if, if. Yeah, no problem. Um, Let's see. I am a certified yoga instructor. I'm also a performing artist living in Astoria, New York currently. Um, Let's see. I've been dancing professionally now since 2011. So almost 10 years. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, But. I've been so fortunate to be a part of some amazing productions. Um, I've been a part of three uh, national and international tours, Chicago, Beauty and the Beast, Mamma Mia. Um, I worked at some great regional theaters, including Tuacon, um, Jiva Theater. Um, yeah, just to name a few. Um, I've also worked on a few cruise ships and I've had the opportunity to do some outreach with people um, as well. Yeah. Just out here, you know, trying to do my thing. Yeah. Trying to stay relevant. Oh, yes. Living your life. Love Astoria. (laughs) Yeah. Also graduated from University Arts. I just had to put that out there. All right. Um, Yes. Philadelphia, right? Yeah, in Philly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So today's episode is all about tokenism, being a token. Um, Can you think back to the time when you first, if you were in a show where you realized like, oh, I am, there's not a lot of people that look like me in this space. I want to say the first time I actually started to realize that was after school, even after high school, after college. And I want to say my very first professional gig that I did, um, I was the only black person in my cast. Um, And I specifically remember the very first day, it was on a cruise ship, we were moving onto the cruise ship and somebody from the other cast looked at me and was like, oh, you must be the token in the cast. And all these years later, it's still something that I think about today. Um, And I think that was the first time that I actually realized that, oh, this is a thing. Even though the dance studio that I grew up in was predominantly white as well, 
I never really felt um, excluded in that aspect or was never really um, brought up or brought to my face. Um, but that was the first time I really experienced it was my first contract, professional contract. And did you feel once you were made like aware of that, do you feel like it shifted how you moved as a person or as an artist or as a performer in terms of like how you like portrayed yourself in the room or even like in an audition setting? Do you feel like that kind of shifted things like how you viewed yourself? Totally. Um, I want to say in that instance, I automatically went from being Kyle to being, um, how do I say this the right way, to being the, the really the only Black person, so the only person to represent the community, you know what I mean? And I hate that there are instances where people are put in positions where they're the only um, ethnic type of their group in one group. And then they're forced to be the backbone of their community, which is completely unfair to people. Um, that's a lot of pressure to be putting on people. Uh, it forces you to be a role model in a way, um, which I kind of loved. I loved representing my culture, obviously, um, and I'm very proud to be Black. Um, but sometimes it's a burden to always have to be kind of something you're not at some points. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. Wow. So, so talking about feeling the pressure and the heat from, from being the only black person or person of color, even in that environment, do you feel the pressure of playing into the stereotypes and the roles that we usually see? Like if a show is written and it has like a token black person in the cast, how do you feel about, about leaning into that versus being your own artist and vice versa right <clears throat> excuse me i think for me personally i've come to a point where i've realized that you have to bring your own authenticity to the project um whether the character is stereotyped or not it's really about bringing you into focus and presenting your best self in that moment um because of course in theater there are plenty of characters that are stereotypically um, placed in the show for a specific reason. Um, but I feel like it's my goal as an artist to change people's positions, change their thoughts on stereotypes, um, because I'm a Black gay male, you know what I mean? I have my feminine qualities, I have my masculine qualities, but in society, being a Black male, you're supposed to be strong, you're supposed to take care of everyone, you're not supposed to show your emotions, you're not supposed to... Um, have this chip on your shoulder kind of and i just want to bring to the characters that i'm portraying real life real authenticity and i think that's what we're missing in the theater industry now honestly is that representation of showing people of color that actually um you know matters real stories not necessarily stereotypical stories so i think that's what i'm trying to bring to the table whether i'm directed that way or not it's all about trying to convince someone to see something in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you find a way, because being black, as I love being black, but I'm also able to say that it's exhausting. <laughs> and Definitely. it's very draining, especially to be black in a predominantly white space. Yes. It can be very exhausting. How do you protect yourself and protect your own spirit? but then also kind of advocate and do those things and actually portray things in authentic ways, despite what the creative team is trying to push you to do. How do you keep yourself um, 
keep yourself protected both theatrically and like when you're not in the theater right i want to say <clears throat> i keep myself really protected in the sense that i'm always really true to my work there it's so funny because me and my friends always quote this from jennifer hudson from smash season two but she's always like don't ever let anybody come for your work and i think that has kept me grounded i think that's really kept my head on my shoulders just in the sense that it's really all about what I'm bringing to the stage. You know what I mean? It's about me being professional on and off stage. And it's about me showing people that just because I'm a black man, you're expecting certain things from me, but you're gonna get a completely different um, view of what you thought you were gonna get. You know what I mean? And that could be whatever they thought a black man was gonna bring to the role or to their backstage presence or just to their theater in general. I just wanna change people's perspectives and show them that people are seriously talented and they need to be exposed and shown you know, for their love and their light. Um, but I wanna say another way that I'm true to myself outside of the theaters, when I'm outside of the theater, I try to get away from it all. I try to really focus on my yoga. I try to just put it in the back of my mind. Of course, you know, when you're rehearsing, you have homework to do when you get home, but if you can, take a moment to separate the theater from your actual life because some people get so enraptured in the theater and so enraptured in the family aspect of it and i completely understand that and i love that but you also have to remember to take a moment for yourself and stay in your lane sometimes and i think in as i've matured throughout the business in my later contracts that i've done i not necessarily distance myself from people but I like to give people what I want them to see of myself because you can't be giving yourself all the time because that's so exhausting, like you were saying. Um, and people expect a lot from you being the only token. Like, for example, if I'm the only black person on stage, there are people in the audience that are expecting me to, you know, perform or be great. And so I just hope that I'm bringing that to the stage. It's a lot of pressure. Honestly, I will say that it's definitely a lot of pressure. Do you feel you're talking about in theater versus yourself outside of theater? Do you think there were any moments separate from that moment on the cruise ship that you found yourself to be the token when you left the theater space and in your everyday life? Like, how does your life as a black man outside of theater influence your life in the theater? Good. That's a great question. Um, I will say for me, I grew up in a predominantly like white neighborhood. I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey. Um, but I also had my school was so diverse. I grew up with a ton of black friends, white friends, Asian friends, Indian friends, everybody. Um, so I will say for me, going into the theater, then it was an easier transition for me because I had already grown up around white people so i had already learned how to make them feel comfortable in situations as opposed to me making myself feel comfortable first um and i think that's something as i've gotten older that i've reversed i've definitely made myself more comfortable in situations as opposed to making other people comfortable um because if you're going to put me in the room then you put me there for a reason you know what i mean so and that instance is just my time to put in the work and show you why i'm here um but yeah, I would say that's how I transition in and out of the theater, for sure. What steps do you take? I don't know if you can like actually make put them in like actionable phrases, but like, what are ways that you have taken the, that time and taken it back for yourself and like 
like reclaimed your own time and like created a space that was safe for yourself? I would say definitely having family. Of course, my family is so, they root me so much and they always remind me of who I am. There can be moments in this industry where you are so successful and you're on a roll and you start getting like a little chip on your shoulder, but your family is always bringing you down to earth because let me tell you something, some of the stories my mom and my sister have on me, they never let me forget <laughs> things, you know what I mean? So just like going back to your roots um, <laughs> and just touching base with family members is so simple for me, you know, uh, especially in this industry, you travel so much, you see so much, you're exposed to so much. So just having a chance to tap back into your home life is very important, I think. Okay, no matter how many credits you get, I remember what you did in second grade that one time. Listen, my mom, she has the footage, she has the receipts. <laughs> and I love her so much for that, for keeping me grounded. And my sister too, my whole family really. It's just, especially in these times, it's nice to talk to my mom and uh, my grandmother even about when they were younger and they were protesting and going through struggles and things of that nature and just their positivity to know that we can make it through this and you know love is on the other side is something that I think people can really educate themselves by talking to their elders and their family so yeah. Are you the first person in your family to participate as actively as you do in the arts? I am actually, uh, which is great. I was the first person in my family to go to college for the arts um, and then continue and pursue and make it a profession. Uh, so it's cool. It's cool to have my family like traveling around with me and they come and see my performances. And it's, it's such a humbling experience because it's something that I've wanted to do for so long. So when you look out in the audience and you see your family there, it's like, it makes that connection to when you first started to seeing your growth to this moment so 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 do you think your family has ever helped you like has your mom or your sister anyone ever like clocked something maybe racist that's happening in the theater world and you were like oh i didn't i didn't even realize that that was happening or any situations of that like like do you think i i will say hold on my headphones i i will say there's a moment um there can be moments when my mom comes to see the show or my family in general, and they totally see that there are very few people of color on stage. And, you know, they'll make a note of that after the show, if I'm asking them how it was, they're like, oh, the show was great, but you could have had more people of color on stage. And I'm like, if I could have done something about it, I totally would have, you know? So there are definitely those instances for sure. But I want to say never anything outside of that. Uh, they're so they're not really in the business so they don't see the minute details of things for example when i come to them about certain things as like oh i was the only black person in this audition today for this show and they're like wow really it's such a diverse community and all of it's what people hear and what they see versus the living it in the actual reality so i always try to give them the realness uh but they definitely see it too you know people aren't stupid Right. I was literally going to ask that same question, Gail, because I was thinking back like when I first started theater when I was younger, my mom was always like so scared because she was like, uh, Elena's not going to get these roles because they're just going to give it to like some white girl and like she's going to be dejected because, you know, we live in a suburban southern town. So, you know how that goes. 
Um, and I was going to say, like, they're always very aware of, like, ah, I counted three black people in this production. But anyway. Right, exactly. Their intuition is always there, like, with anyone. Like, you could bring someone home and they'd be like, mm-mm, they're not right. They're not good for you. They're not a good friend to have. Let them go. Let them go. Yes, yes. It's so true. Yes. And as you grow in life, there are moments when I'm like, I'm almost so correct. <laughs> like, why was I so wrong? Yes. <laughs> I hate that she was correct, but she yeah. was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Know, that kind of vibe. Definitely. Speaking of your parents, did they ever have... Did you ever have a conversation with your parents about um, kind of like an, um, a moment where they were like, hey, so we may not know about this specific industry, but we know that because you are a black man, you are going to have, you're going to face some things. You're going to see some things that your white counterparts might not feel. Did you ever have like a similar discussion of like, you're going to have to like do a lot more to get considered for the same things, even if they didn't really know how your industry worked? Right. I don't necessarily remember having that conversation with my parents if anything from them it was like you are really investing in your future and this is something that you should really take seriously i think the conversations about race in the industry is i got from my um, mentors in college my faculty my teachers um specifically one of my favorite teachers mr donald lunsford amazing amazing professor um, he was one of my jazz professors growing up, and he was the first one to really open my eyes in the business. For example, when I first went into college, I had dreadlocks. They were long. They were, like, down to my shoulders. Love them. Miss them. Uh, <laughs> but I remember him specifically pulling me aside at one point and just being like, do you want to work in this industry? Is this something that you really want to do? Do you want to take it seriously? And I said, of course, I want to dance. I want to be on Broadway. I would love to be in a dance company at some point if I can achieve that. And he was like, well, you have to cut your hair. You have to cut your dreads off. Um, he was like, there's no way you're going to be able to walk into a room, especially a theatrical setting, um, and be taken seriously. They're literally going to look at you and automatically put you in a box because you have dreadlocks. Um, so that spring break, my freshman year, I went home. I cut off my dreads. And when I came back, he was just... I remember him pulling me aside and he was elated that I cut them, but at the same time, he knew what that meant for me to cut them culturally. So he was just like, I know that was really difficult for you to do, but this is gonna be the best thing for your career. And since I started auditioning, it hasn't ever been an issue for me. It, I'm bald, if you don't know, but <laughs> you know, just being bald, simple, clean look has gotten me really far in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I see people come into auditions, my fellow like uh, black brothers and sisters with lovely natural hair, and I see them not getting kept. And I'm not saying that's specifically the reason, but people are afraid of the culture. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I find myself being in a cast as the quote unquote token being just like a very clean cut version of what black people truly are. You know what I mean? And not to say that I don't want to call myself not authentically black, but um, yeah, it's, it's a mind trip for sure. You said fear when you said, like you were saying, um, cause kind of blackness is fear, mm -hmm. which I completely agree. Do you think it's 
Where do you think that fear... This is a gen, like I'm genuinely curious on what you think because I don't know which one I would pick. Do you think it's a fear, like a danger? Or do you think it's a fear that if they put us in a three-dimensional character, we might outshine the white counterparts? Like, do you, do you think it's a fear of like, I'm in danger or like a fear of like, ah, they might be better? Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's both. And like, let me tell you why. Because... People are so talented, you know what I mean? And when you see, as an audience member, if I were going to see a show and I saw a black female or a black male lead on stage and they were absolutely killing it, destroying the show, that's gonna get me to wanna come back and see the show. Like my very first Broadway experience was Aida in 2004. And that is what made me wanna be on Broadway because I saw a guy on stage with dreadlocks. I saw black people on stage. I saw Asian people on stage. You know what I mean? I saw Mexican people on stage and it was just beautiful. Um, and that's what made me wanna do theater because I saw myself on the stage. Now, a lot of people see that as an attack almost, you know what I mean? Because I'm using my talents and what I was given uh, to portray a character that maybe not is what you are used to, um, but I'm portraying it in a different way that's stealing the scene. So a lot of people feel threatened, you know what I mean? I don't wanna say fear, but I feel threatened is a better word for that um, analogy. And also cutting to um, fear, regionally um i know for me personally some of these regional theaters are in towns that are very questionable if you're a person of color um so that's where the fear comes in there you know what i mean of course being in the theater space is a quote-unquote safe space but when you're going back to your room at night when you are socializing outside of the theater that's where that fear comes in you know what i mean there have been so many instances where some of my castmates have wanted to go out after rehearsal and I've just gone back to my room in fear of any type of police brutality happening or just, you know, any type of racism at all. I'd rather just exclude myself from it, um, which is, I feel now a lot of my white actor friends are starting to come onto that and realizing it. But like a year ago, they wouldn't, they did not understand where I was coming from. So talking about your white actor friends and opening their eyes to the fact that, that we have to be strong allies in order to make this really make the change together. So what do you think that your white actor friends and, and creatives and designers, directors, choreographers, anybody else like that, what do you think we can do in the theater space to be stronger allies? And I also would love to know if you have any stories or personal experiences of a moment when an ally got it right or if they got it wrong and why that would be. Okay. Um, let me answer the first question. Both amazing questions, by the way. Um, but I think people can really start showing up for one another in the space. Uh, for example, getting your friend, telling your friends about auditions is so simple. And what I mean by that is, um, some people have agents, some people don't, but if you see a call and it's looking for a multi-diverse cast, something of that nature, and then you get there and you see that the people who are auditioning, if it's an invited call or not, are not really diverse enough, 
text your friends, be like, what are you doing? You should come down to this audition right now. Like it's for the show. I know you've been wanting to get into it for a while. It's something as simple as that. It doesn't have to be um, something so gargantuan, you know what I mean? Something as simple as notifying somebody about an audition can be really helpful. Just it gives the creative team a chance to see the material on somebody that they probably thought they wouldn't have seen it on. Um, so that's a perfect example. And then an example of someone, one of my white actor friends who I love, love, love from the death. But when I first started this regional contract with him, he would constantly be making off-putting uh, jokes, racial jokes, um, you know, referring to my lips and how they're big or like, you know, just like things like that. Trying to be funny, trying to break the ice between the two of us. And I just had a moment with him where I pulled him aside and I was just like, I just wanna let you know that this is making me feel uncomfortable in this moment. Um, if we could change the rhetoric between each other, I would really appreciate it. I know you're coming from a place of love, but this is damaging to me. Um, and as soon as we had that conversation, it was done, over with, never happened again. But in instances like that, you can tell he came from an instance where he was around other Black people where they just let him get away with it and said it was okay. Maybe because they felt uncomfortable in the space, maybe because they thought if they brought up the issue, then their jobs would be in jeopardy. You know what I mean? But I was at a point in my career where I was like, this is unacceptable for anybody in the room. So I just pulled him aside, let him know. And then it was all gravy from there. It was all love. Oh, cool. Are there any uh, moments you can think of when you were maybe in the room with a designer or a creative team member, not necessarily an actor? Can you think of an experience that you had in that dynamic? <clears throat> That's like another great question. Um, I want to say yes. Um, there have definitely been instances like that. Um, for example, I was doing a show and I cut myself, I don't know how, on stage. It was just like a little scratch or whatever. I go backstage to put a Band-Aid on when I come off stage. And of course, it's um, an actual Band-Aid, like a pink flesh tone Band-Aid. And my skin is very like cocoa melanated. Um, so I go on stage, back on stage, do a couple of numbers. And as soon as I come off stage, my stage manager actually comes up to me and says, do you have any um, makeup for your Band-Aid that you can like cake it? Because I can see it on stage and it's very noticeable. So that was an instance where I was just taken aback that not only were you coming up to me during a performance, um, but you were also, how can I say this the right way? Uh, sliding past the fact or sliding past a racial like comment. Not thinking, around it. Yeah, thinking that you're not really making it. Um, but it's little things like that that really cut deep. It's like, and afterwards, after our at intermission, I went up to her and I was just like, you know, there are true color band-aids out there. Um, if you want to provide those for me, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate it. Of course, it never happened. I went out and bought them on my own and then it was never an issue again. But it's something that I think about constantly. You know what I mean? Just, the, just a simple band-aid. We're doing a theater, we're doing a theatrical show here. We're supposed to be immersed in the story and you're like worried about a Band-Aid? Girl. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's always like people assume that when you're talking about like racism in theater, it's like 
you were called a slur in the dressing room. And like, yes, those things happen, but it's like usually like the smaller things that add up that carry the most weight. Like having like your hairstylist do everyone's hair and then looking at you and be like, you got it. I'm sure you'll handle it. I'm sure it's fine. Or like, I'm sure you'll figure out makeup. I'm sure you got it. Like, I'm sure it'll be okay. And like, it's like the little things, like the little brushing off and not acknowledging that, yes, I am different. And yes, I will require different things. Like those are the things that people are easily skate over the most, I think. Right. And I can totally speak to that. I was just, I just got done doing La Caja Fall um, at a theater, which was incredible. Um, and the theater was all about inclusion from day one. It was all about what are your pronouns? Um, you know, very respectable of everyone. And then we started getting into costumes. And I remember my tights and my undergarments weren't my skin color. My tights were pink, my undergarments were pink as well. And I let it go for the first day. And then I made a note at the end of the day, I was like, if you could just please make sure that my tights are my skin color, that would be incredible. I would truly appreciate it. I just don't want to go on stage looking ashy or like not representing myself the best way I could. So we go through tech week at the end of tech week. Finally, after me, like making a stink about it, they finally dyed my tights after saying that they didn't have enough time to do it, blah, 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 blah. But my whole thing with that is, is like the creative team must have um, a picture of the cast like weeks in advance before we even get to the theater. So the fact that you weren't even thinking about something as simple as undergarments is so hurtful to me. And like very disrespectful in my eyes, especially in 2020, you know what I mean? And the fact that there are dye tights out there specifically for people of color, you would think that that wouldn't be an issue or that I wouldn't have had to fight that hard to get those simple changes done. But it happens. Right. And it could have been an like a simple ask. Like I did a I did hairspray in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and our white costume designer who I loved, she was like, yeah, I think we're going to have to, like, dye these tights, like, for the dynamites or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, like, there's this website, Nude Bar. You can, like, buy things to match our skin tone. And then, like, after the fact, she was like, oh, I bought, like, a swatch, like, wheel of all the shades they have. So now I, like, know this for the future. And I was like, all you have to do is, like, do that. You have to say, I don't know how to fix this, but I'm asking you because I know that it needs to be done. Like, it's the brushing off is the problem. Like, it's okay if you don't know. But you have to be seeking that information. Exactly. I'm all about an educational moment. Trust me. It just means that you want to learn and you want to grow. And that makes me more positive about our relationship. But if you're going to neglect what I'm asking for, something so simple to make me feel like an actual human being, then we have an issue. Yes. Then it becomes about the why. Why is something this small and simple of an ask becoming a fight? And why is it such an issue that you want your legs to look like your legs on a stage, you know? Right. Right. Mm. Yes. Yes. Kyle, for those for those young black boys in their high school programs or in their college programs with their dreads or their piercings or whatever they have that helps them feel more like themselves, that is looking at this industry and trying to figure out Will I fit in? Can I be my most authentic self? What advice do you have for those like young black boys that are just scared but excited and find found a place that they feel comfortable but really don't know how to tackle this industry being their fullest self? Yeah, I want to say nowadays specifically, well, first of all, if you can't love yourself, 
how are you going to love somebody else to so all of my black brothers and sisters out there okay your mental health is so important i need you to know that you are important that you are beautiful that you are loved and that you are worthy of this industry first of all second of all the industry has grown so much even in the uh, past nine years that i've been a part of it so rock your dreads rock your natural hair be beautiful, be black, because that's what people want to see nowadays. They want authenticity. They don't want, you know, cookie cutter in a box anymore. So I really want people just to dive into themselves, love themselves for who they are, because your authenticity is what's going to get you to the later stages in the game. And that's what's going to make people respect you more and more, I feel. So definitely be true to yourself and um, love yourself. That's very important in this industry. Yes. Ah, ah. Kyle, this has been another good one. Another amazing <laughs> conversation. We just get into it and then the uh, ball starts rolling and then it just turns into a snowball and then like a snow person and it's delicious. There's really no other word I can think I of love for it. these conversations yes, that we're having. Flawless but conversation, flawless so, complexion, so... all of the above. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everyone's skin looks I'm so good it. today. What is that about? Just drink your water. Because okay. yeah. your black your will water. crack if it's dry. It will. Girl, it's going to yeah, shrivel up something, okay? All right, Kyle, please tell the people where they can find you online. And if you have any fun, exciting projects upcoming. Definitely. Uh, you can find me online on Instagram at, at Kyle underscore smile. Um, that's my page. I have some yoga classes on there if you want to take a look at that. Um, and I normally teach at Sacred Space Astoria here in Astoria, New York, but obviously because of COVID, we're closed right now. Uh, so I'll definitely be providing classes through my Instagram account. Um, I also, next month in July, uh, if you want to sign up for, I believe it's No Marking Society. You can check them out on Instagram as well. And it's just an amazing, amazing community of uh Black and indigenous, didn't, excuse me, indigenous people of color coming together to support each other in the arts. I'll be providing yoga classes every Tuesday at noon. Uh, my best friend, Tyler McKenzie, is going to be providing a movement class on Wednesdays at noon. So it's a variety of different um, activities if you guys want to check it out. It's free registration. It's free all month. I'll be there. So check it out. And they're also offering... Um like specific sections right for BIPOC yes. only right is that am I saying that wrong I think you're absolutely correct yeah so yes. definitely check it out so you guys check it's them out an amazing opportunity to uh practice yoga practice your dance singing acting with actual professionals in the business so take full advantage of it normally it's so pricey but it's all free so yes. get in there oh well 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 Thank you for joining us today, Kyle. This was so amazing. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it so much. I really do. Oh, we appreciate you so much. This is <laughs> so important to talk about things like this and and record them so other people can hear them and listen to them and, and just share the love. It's sharing is caring, you know? I agree. Oh, Spread yeah. that love. We all need it. And oh, it, especially yes. in this time, love is what's going to get us through, you guys. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, we're going to let you go. Have a great rest of your day and weekend. Alrighty. Thank you guys so much. Of course. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.
Thank you so much for tuning in today at Fourth Wall, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at This Is Fourth Wall, and you can send any questions, reflections, feedback, concerns, thoughts on your own experiences to hello at fourthwallpod.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you.